0: Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Four
2: minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, my name is Mark Salem, and sitting here next to me is Nate Brecken from Strictly Diesel. Nate uh, does lots of diesel work. As a matter of fact, I don't think you have gas motors inside your shop, do you? Well, right now I do. Oh! We're taking care of uh, service measures trucks, so... Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But normally speaking... Normally. Normally speaking, you're not doing that. We are 100% all the time diesel, Diesel, yeah. and And... Yeah, so this is not a test. I don't know the answer to this, but I, what is the uh, oil f- or the uh, fuel filter change interval on a Duramax, which is on a case I'm working on? Fifteen thousand. And and I found that, but yeah. it took me forever to find that. Really? The DLC turns the light on at fifteen thousand. If you don't do it and reset the light, but um, this is a case. Um, and, and I run fifteen
3: thousand on all makes just across the board 15000 fuel yeah fuel filter all right and what yep. about oil changes we recommend 5 okay across the board okay well, are you using a 540 or a 1540 depends on the make the, okay. the newer ones take the lighter weight oil okay uh, but typically it's a 1540
2: okay yeah. i i found out on my dodge 67 that the light will come on at about 8500 and i'm i'm using a 540 synthetic i'm using chevron which is dello i think it is I think so. yeah, yeah. And, um, and I've had some oil analysis tests done, and I don't have... And, and if I do the 5, if I do the 7, and if I do the 8,500, I'm not having any growth of metal, growth of water, or anything like that. Right. But they ask me to run that test on, on my stuff. Obviously, the Dello, they put it in some of that big equipment that holds 40, 50 gallons of right. oil and stuff like that. Yep. So I like the 15,000 fuel filter. I like that a lot. Um, I got a case right now where the... the uh, Supposedly, it had 17 gallons of water in the tank. Ouch. Yeah. And supposedly, it had to do with the neighborhood kids taking a hose and filling up the tank. Okay. And it needed all the injectors. Okay. And with Duramax, it's not uncommon for us to do one or twos or three at a time. Not uncommon. Um, The problem is, is I went and got the tank and poured it into a clear 55-gallon drum and settled it overnight, and it had eight ounces of water in it. Oh wow, so we got a problem. Yeah, because eight ounces. Now it's also got a warning light and a and a bowl at the bottom of the or the fuel filter and a drain. Right. So the question is, is if we would have had seventeen gallons of water in the diesel fuel, first of all, it probably wouldn't have run because Correct. seventeen gallons of water in the tank of thirty thirty five would have overcome the pickup assembly for the fuel pump. Yep. Number two. If we got water, that much water in the tank, then that would have certainly turned on the water in fuel light. So that's kind of a warning device. Yeah. And then the shop said it needs all the injectors because of the water, but in reality, it was timed out on injectors. So we're saying that we're doing injectors on two two hundred thousand mile Duramaxes all day long. And have you done the electrical circuit board below the fuel or the fuse panel? You've told me about that. We haven't seen that yet. Okay. That's something we've seen regularly, especially yeah. when we start moving injectors. So we move five to four and four to five, and the problem moves with the problem. Right. So if that's the case, it's usually an injector. But on my truck, my 2006, we started doing them one at a time. And then we, we didn't figure it out. Somebody from GM told us, try this. And it's just some ground. Because it, the ground is shared by all of them. Where the power is not. Right. So when we start interrupting the ground because the circuit board's cracked, that's intermittently going to affect one at a time all over the place. Right. So anyway. Yeah. So how? So five thousand on the oil, fifteen thousand on the fuel. Any other things? Any other uh, maintenance stops that seem to be work? good for you guys
3: uh 30,000 on trans okay transmission okay uh transfer case is something that is always forgotten about so right. 30,000 on a transfer case okay and that's really then it's inexpensive service when you're dealing with three quarts maybe four right you know uh differentials 50 depends on the usage of the truck
2: right if they're you know? backing
3: a boat into the to the water it's probably a little earlier than that yep I'd do 30 on that too then okay but uh yeah Fluids are cheap. Parts are expensive. so
2: That's a good thing.
3: Better to maintain. Yeah. yeah.
2: that That's exactly right. Fluid yeah. is
3: cheap. Parts are a whole lot more expensive. Yeah. I, I will say this on the water separator thing. The, the, the factory sensors, in my mind, are a little bit lazy. They don't seem to give you the good enough warning before it gets to the injectors, you know, or the pump for that matter. Okay. So even paying attention to a light is tough sometimes because you could be experiencing drivability issues already or... You've installed the truck at
2: this point because it's got water. And and, and you're right. My two cents there. But no, no, you're right. Yeah. But here's the two differences in my mind. I'm not arguing with you. No. but The two differences in my mind. As it sits overnight, water settles and diesel fuel comes up. Yep. So we have these two little prongs that sit down in there. So you're going to get a water in the oil light at the very beginning that may go out once we start running fuel through there. Yep. And, and so you won't get, and, and, and I have told the insurance companies that's what it is. That's what it is. It's a situation where if they're not paying attention, they're late for work, they hop in, and maybe they reach across the steering column, hit the key, walk around, shut the garage door, and get back in. Right. They miss the light. Yep. They miss the light. Yep. So we were talking about the difference between Chevy and Ford and Dodge and, the, and that kind of stuff. And I think the biggest difference in my mind is, is that Ford uses engine oil. When you start yeah. pumping engine oil, to what kind of pressure is on the Ford?
3: Uh, idols typically 5 to 750 PSI, and, and uh, depending on the motor, you could see as high as uh, 3,500 to 4,000
2: PSI. Okay. So we're going to take engine oil, and we're going to compress it to 3,500 or 4,000 PSI. Yep. Engine oil does not experience that anywhere else in the world. Nope. Nowhere. Nope. No car, no tranny, no differential, no nothing. The only one is Ford. Yep. And so... Th- This is what I heard. I heard that initially when they came out with the Ford, it was the 10-quart system on the 6.0. It was a 10-quart. And then they figured out that the oil was wearing out so fast that they had to put a 14-quart pan on it, or they made a change. That may have been a 7.3 that started out like that.
3: Is that right? They they made the pan deeper. Right. Because obviously the air bubbles in the oil, if they get picked up in the pickup tube, affects performance. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: So maybe it was a 7.3, but it carried into the 6.0s, yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. So then Ford had to make this modification to it to get the truck through a regular oil change interval, because up until that point, it wouldn't even make 3,000, I'm told. Right. Because once we compress the oil, we lose a lot of the capabilities of the oil, because in a normal gasoline motor, that same oil might see 50 or 60 pounds of pressure, exactly. and you're talking 3,500 to 4,000 pounds of pressure. Yep. So we're going to take and compress the oil at 50 PSI, and 50 PSI is, is hardly more than a light truck tire, right? Right, exactly. So, But when we're at 3,500 to 4,000 pounds, we're talking about the hydraulic transmission in my full-size tractor <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> and, yeah. and the Fords. The, so, the,
3: the power stroke was the reason a lot of our oil additives changed in that area to help with the foaming, to help with lubrication, to help with the pressure that they were experiencing because the additive pack was leaving quite quickly.
2: And and so when we're going to use this 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 oil to open and close the injectors, we're going to use an electronic signal to open and close the gate. It seems to me... That when we're talking about milliseconds of time, one millionth of a second, it seems to me that Ford's idea of opening and closing that injector with pressure, oil pressure and electronics is going to be a lot longer than the, the Duramax and the Dodge when we have... Here's the, the picture I want to draw for people. There's 20 people at the door of the classroom. Okay? Right. To to open and close the door, we're just going to hit an electronic button, and the door's going to swing open in, in a very blink of an eye or less. Right. And then many kids <sighs> can get through that door as possible. Right. Then the door's going to slam. Okay? And the people are fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh,
3: <laughs> How much fuel do you want to get out the <laughs> yeah, injectors? Exactly.
2: So? How many people do you want to get through the door? Okay. Fair yep. enough. Fair yep. enough. So so then we have Ford's way, and we're going to build up oil pressure, and then we're going to send the oil pressure to the gate, and then we're going to electronically open the gate and close the gate. Well, it's going to instead of it opening immediately, wham! It's going to have to build that oil pressure, and then it's going to kind of open slowly, and then wham! So there's going to be some kind of a delay there. There's a millisecond or two, right. yep, Yep. So that that kind of bothered me. Do you know what a millimeter is? Uh, holding my fingers up. Okay. It's a small amount, right? For sure. Yeah. I found out the other day, and I didn't know this. It's a millionth of a meter. So, a meter is 39 inches. So, I then began to cross over a millimeter. And a hair, human hair, is two thousandths. Right. Okay. So, it isn't even one millimeter, it's like 0.3 millimeters. So, and the reason why I know a human hair is two to three thousandths is, is I use that when I talk to people about their cars. Sure. At the at the tolerances that we, we want to deal with is the thickness of a human hair. Sure. Not a red one, but a blonde one or a black one. So it's just a difference in, in, in what those are all about. So, uh, yeah, I, I never knew a 10 millimeter socket. Ten. I think it's ten. It can't be ten millionths no. of a meter. So I, I, don't, I don't understand that that difference. Or maybe it's ten of a meter, and they just call it a ten. Because ten thousand wouldn't fit on the socket if they had exactly. the extra socket. Yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't fit. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting with all the electronics. But people ask me all the time, and I'm going to ask you. When they first came out... In the 1990s, mid-90s, we got computerized cars, we got oxygen sensors, we got fuel injectors, we got gasoline motors that were fuel-injected and stuff like that. Compared to then and now, how comfortable are we? Comfortable as far as? With our diagnostic skills. Are we still afraid of electronics, of computers, of inputs and outputs, not like we used to be. Not like we used to be. No, definitely not. So on a one to ten scale, back then we were we were at our education level was a nine, a ten, or an eleven on a one to ten scale. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. We, today, I think I think our understanding of what's going on is a two or a three. I, I really think we have it down. Exactly. We understand the difference when when you have. Um, I tell people this this is how simple it is. Do you have a knock sensor on a diesel? Not yet. Okay. I don't. Because I, I don't know that we do either. I don't, I don't think we do. All right, no. a gasoline motor. Yes. All right, I want to test the knock sensor. How would you test it? <laughs> Power brake, maybe? Well, it's or... even easier than that. You plug in your scanner, well. and you go to the uh, uh, knock sensor. Now, don't matter where you take a hammer and hit that motor, the knock sensor is going to go from no to yes.
3: <laughs> that's true. Yeah,
4: it's that so easy.
2: You go. You take this ball peen hammer and you hit the alternator bracket and the and the and the sensor better. The other day we had a car come in that had a knock sensor code. It's like all the time. So we we looked at the O2 sensor or the knock sensor and it was pretty much reporting a knock all the time. It had a broken power steering bracket. No kidding. Yeah, and the vibration of the bracket on the engine, the knock sensor was was understanding that as a knock, a pre-ignition. Right. And so it, as this thing flapped, through the grace of God, the technician heard this and put a bar behind it and just kind of pulled on it to separate it, and the knock sensor said, "Oh, it just went away."
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: that was like a $2,000 diagnostic fee. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Uh, I know, I know. All righty, 602-508-0960. If you want to talk about cars, now's your chance. There's nobody on the line, so you're more than welcome to do that. And we'll be back right after this. Now you have a
5: friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher.
7: If you or a loved one needs support at home, the experienced and compassionate caregivers of Comfort Care Home Care can provide a wide variety of companion and personal care services, including assistance with bathing, grooming, mobility, transportation, and meal preparation. They also provide services such as Alzheimer's care, medication reminders, and safety supervision for fall prevention.
8: I would like to thank you for your assistance. We particularly appreciated you getting the caregiving set up so quickly and for the compassion and personal touch you added. My dad told me he feels a lot better mentally and emotionally, and you've been an instrumental part of that.
7: Comfort Care services are available throughout the greater Phoenix area and can assist you or your loved one for a few hours a week or 24 hours a day. Call today to learn how Comfort Care can support your family with the highest level of care. 602 438 1300. Again, that's 602 438 1300. Comfort Care Home Care, supporting independence, dignity, and quality of life. The media landscape has changed. Let's be clear. Donald Trump will lose the election. Wrong.
9: I personally think this race is over. To me, this race is over.
8: Politico's latest survey agrees, quote, Clinton will crush
9: Trump. Wrong. From major network television down to local radio, fake news is being exposed. You are fake news. But there's one station that doesn't talk at you, but with you. One station that doesn't talk about important people, but to them. There's one station that doesn't pretend to be what it isn't. That station is the number one conservative station in the Valley. 960 The Patriot. Don't stand for entertainment in place of information. Stand with The Patriot. Hashtag I'm with The Patriot isn't just a trend, it's a statement. Your voice, your station. 960 The Patriot and 960thepatriot.com. Hashtag I'm with The Patriot. Together, we will make America great again patriot app tip number two set the patriot as an alarm clock open the app click in the upper right hand corner and select alarm clock it's that easy and now you'll wake up to the patriot download the patriot app at your app store today looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines there's only one station for you 960 the patriot and 960 ThePatriot.com.
7: Welcome back, everybody. Let's
2: see. It's 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Nate Brecken and Mark Salem here at your service. If you have a question on any kind of car repair, gas, diesel, tires, uh, oils, any kind of wives' tale that you want to ask us about, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, we've probably got between the two of us 50 years of experience. So we'll certainly give you our opinion. Sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong, but most of the times we're right. Under the Hood, this portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by IMM Auto Service in Tempe, northeast corner, just south of the 202, just west of the 101. Been around since 1972. David, who owns IMM Auto Service, is a friend of mine. He's a friend of mine because he has an ASE Master Text, which I believe in. But more than important, he deals with Volvo, Saab, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo. Those cars strike fear in the strongest, biggest, hairy-chested guy you've ever seen in your life because those cars are not made like any other car in the world. So, But here's the good news. IMM can handle your Toyota, your Chevy, your Ford, your Chrysler, your Honda, as well as those cars that like Volvo, Saab, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. So if you have one of those cars in your driveway... And you also have a Toyota. They can take both of them. But if you've got a problem with your Ksab where every time you open the door, the windshield wipers flap, David at the IMM is going to be able to handle that for you. I promise you, he he's seen that before. Let's go to the phones. George, good morning to you. How can we help you?
10: Good morning. Yes, uh, I uh, really enjoyed your last thing about knock sensors at uh, uh, thirty thousand miles back or so on the uh, Nissan. Huh. I was occasionally, when I'd get a load of bad gas somehow or other, would hear a ping or a knock. You know that you, you learn to hear over the years. Yeah. And uh, so we took and put a, a, a not a fifteen thousand dollar code reader like you have, but anyway, we put a code reader on it, and it said faulty you know, uh, knock sensor. Okay. So we replaced it underneath the valley and everything else, and. Uh, really uh, a couple of days of hard work for shape tree mechanics uh, and then the uh, it didn't it didn't do that again for quite some time until oh just recently and occasionally with a load of uh less than perfect gasoline uh i'll hear a knock or a ping as uh, uh, you'd call it mm-hmm. and I'm wondering how do we tell that the knock sensor is failing.
2: Again. Well, it, it, the good news is is we know that you diagnosed it right the first time or the light would have come right back on. and so. Well,
10: I, I never saw a light.
2: Okay, or the code would have come back. Right, yeah. Okay, so the fact that the code didn't come back, you got it that time. It's entirely right. possible. What year is the Nissan? Uh, 2003. Okay, so it's 14 years old. It's right. entirely possible that that knock sensor's been updated ten times, three times, one time. So that could be it. But to test the knock sensor, you do just exactly what I said. Now, there's a difference in a code reader and a scanner. Um, the code reader just reads the code, but the scanner, um, with with a good guy operating the scanner, and the code reader is twenty nine ninety five, and our scanners are eight thousand to twelve thousand. So there's a big difference. But with the scanner, you can go in and talk to the engine. You can see what's going on. Because once you get the code, you still got to find the state, the street, the city, and the number. And the code reader just tells you the problem's in the United States. It doesn't even tell you the state. But in your particular case, um, I would probably plug in a scanner, and I would start on the driver's side of the car, and I'd tap the exhaust, and then I'd tap the front of it, and I would see where it is, that I could, it may or may not be. It, it would be different. So maybe I.
10: Well, I'm, you can make a signal.
2: Yeah, I. So if I hit three places, uh, and and I don't get the signal, and I hit one and it says knock, then I'm going to look in that area. But let me ask you a question: Why can't we retard the timing a degree or two? Uh,
10: I don't know. I've okay. Never never been that far into it.
2: All right. I think that's what you should look at. I think you should find out if it's adjustable and if it's adjustable, I want you to retard at two degrees, and that may very well take care of your problem right, so
10: either that or you know it really is just a uh back off with your right foot on the gas pedal huh. and go to a lower gear and uh hope for a better tank of gas next time
2: okay well if that if it is truly a fuel related problem, then if you were to fill it up with premium for three or four tankfuls, then the light would go off because the difference between regular gas and and premium gas is this. The regular gas explosion is like a balloon that I pop with a pin. Are you with me? All right. Right. Now, when you take the balloon and you squeeze the the little mouthpiece on it, okay, and then you let it go, the balloon goes... Okay, it just deflates longer. So the explosion for regulator regular is the blink of an eye. The explosion for super is this, one in, in an exaggerated way. One ignites two, two ignites two thousand, two thousand ignites two million. So the burn is longer. So I think you should use three tanks of super and if the problem goes away and it it doesn't return, then it's not a broken power steering bracket. We need to retard the timing. That's what I think.
10: <laughs> yep. All righty. Well, anyway,
4: sounds good to me. Thank right. you very much.
2: Good luck, George. Thank you very much. Greg, good morning to you. How can we help you?
4: Hi. Uh, I have a, an O2 excursion with the 7-3. Okay. And I wanted to get your opinion on preventative maintenance versus, um, you know, don't fix it if it's not broke. I have almost 200,000 miles. Okay. And I have the original injectors, transmission, glow plugs, and electric fuel pump.
2: All right. Now, I'm going to put you on hold for a minute, and I'm holding you just for a minute because okay. I've got to get some business done. Sure. All right. W- when we talk about car repair shops, I need to talk about Larry Harker's. Yep. yep. Larry Harker's Auto is at 38th Avenue Indian School, and between you and me, nobody else, he's one of the best diagnosticians for gasoline motors I've ever seen. You just go in and wave the red flag in front of him. You say to him, nobody in town can fix this, and I don't think anybody in the western United States can fix this, and that's what it gets to just stick of road flare in his back pocket. He is just, and his, his name's not Larry, it's Bob, and his wife Ellen runs the front. But they're at 38th Avenue Indian school. They've been around since 1967. Bob is just a great diagnostician, and Ellen runs the shop in a very nice way. So if you're in that area, 38th Avenue Indian School, Larry Harker's is a place I would do, I would use. On the other hand, if you've got one of those cars that nobody in town can fix, go over there and throw the gauntlet in front of Bob. Just tell him, nobody can fix this. I heard you might be able to, but I doubt you can fix it too. And that's kind of like waving the red flag in front of the bull. So real quick, we're going to take care of Greg here and then on the other side of the break. But I'm going to ask you the questions. Injectors, 200,000 miles, what does he do? They're getting tired, but there are some maintenance things you can do with them. Okay. Flush them? Clean them? Sure. Okay. So is that an additive you put in the tank, or is that an additive that you put in the fuel system, or how do you do that? That's an additive that can go in a tank. We
3: also have a tool to uh, run through the injectors with, so that becomes the fuel tank. And then there's oil additives and flushes that we can do with the oil side, too. We have an injector that's
2: oil, fuel, and electric. Okay. Good enough. All right. And then the second question, he said transmission. Now he didn't say it was acting up. He no. said 200,000 transmission. You know what that tells me? That car's been on the highway a lot. It's been locked up in high gear, yep. and it ain't been shifting a lot. This hasn't been a taxi cab at 200,000 miles. Didn't appear to be no. Right. And so, would you change it at 200,000 miles, or would you wait till symptoms? No, believe it or not, I would. You would change it. I would. I would change the filter. I would flush it. I would, uh, yeah, okay. take care of it. And but you're not going to change the transmission. at this point. You're going to just service it. Correct. Okay. So he had glow plugs. He had the transmission. Do you remember anything else he had that we can finish in 45 seconds?
3: Yeah. Original glow plugs, but yeah, that doesn't scare me. That's that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing.
2: Okay. And glow plugs are kind of like a light bulb, on and off. Okay. Hold your thought. We'll be right back.
9: 64 contestants shoot to be the top shot from round one until a winner is crowned all in one day. August 27th, the Patriot and Scottsdale Gun Club present the event of the summer. 960 The Patriot's Top Shot. 64 people will compete in a one-day bracket-style pistol tournament. Head-to-head matchups start with a bullseye accuracy challenge. Make it to round two? If so, you'll be knocking down bowling pins in a head-to-head speed and accuracy matchup. Make it to the finals and become 960 The Patriots' top shot. Win $1,000 cash and the title top shot. So, do you have what it takes? Let's find out Sunday, August 27th. Go to 960thepatriot.com. Click on the Top Shot banner to get event details and claim your spot today. Only 64 spots, so act quick. 960thepatriot.com. That's 960thepatriot.com. Brought to you by Peltor Sport.
1: Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? Or so you think. Sure, you know the Y for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the Y, someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the Y. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive, all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the why as that place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the why. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more.
9: So I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute.
11: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
9: Patriot app tip number four. Listening to the Seth and Chris show from 3 to 6 p.m. and want to chime in? Open your Patriot app, click the upper left-hand corner, and click on Call Studio. It's that easy. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. The best notification in your inbox, 960 The Patriot's Insider, with the latest articles, news, and contests. Sign up today at 960thepatriot.com. Welcome back, everybody.
2: Mark Salem and... Nate Brecken, right here from Strictly Diesel, 23rd Avenue and Pinnacle Peak, south and east. South and east, yeah. South and east. Yep. So if you're up there in North Phoenix, and you know what? You've got that north area covered. In my opinion, you've got West Scottsdale, Cave Creek, and the whole north area from actually the 202 north. I don't know anybody in that area that I would send somebody to other than you. There's probably guys out there in that area, but I've just been around you a lot more than I've been around them. Appreciate that, Mark. Kurt's Auto Repair, I-17 in Bell, Northeast Corner, Better Business Bureau Ethic Award winner. I've known Kurt and his wife, and I know Eric and Jeff. They're two major ASE master technicians. It's a great place. So I-17 in Bell, anywhere you live in that area, and if you have a good shop, that's fine. Stay there. But if you're looking for a good shop, this is what you do. Take it in for an oil change and see how they treat you. And if you like how they treat you, then I would probably do business with them. On the other hand, if they try to sell you everything, including the kitchen sink, I'd keep looking. But you're not going to have to worry about that at Kurtz because he's a good guy. Okay, let's go to the phone. Greg, we covered transmission, we covered injectors, and glow plugs. Did you have another one?
4: Yeah, um, on the injectors, you're saying there's a, a, a servicing that can be done with fluid to clean it out, but there's also a mechanical tool. It can be used
3: well the, 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 yeah the, the mechanical tool is is at least our shop has a, a a flush tool that we put an additive in or a chemical that is basically the vehicle runs solely off this bottle at that point so we run that through the fuel system portion and that's where the flush happens on the fuel side of the injector
4: okay, about, if they, if go they ahead. run the, the fluid the cleaning fluid through the injectors and the buzz test sounds good and it starts really good, do they also need to do the mechanical tool
3: to clean it out? Not necessarily, no. No, it's a recommended maintenance. It, it doesn't have to be done, but we do recommend it from time to time. So,
2: And, and it On could be like a board... diagnostic, right? Otherwise, they've got an engine miss. And you say, let's flush the fuel injectors to see if we make it better, worse, or the same. Exactly. So it's a diagnostic tool as well. Sure. We often do that for gas motors. Sure. And so we'll say, this will help us understand whether this is related or not.
3: And if you don't have a misfire and they buzz nice, well, then yeah, you may not need the service. So. OK. Uh,
4: the glow plugs, don't
3: don't change them unless they they just stop functioning? 02, 2002, you should get a check engine light if those start having an issue. Um. So yeah, if you're not seeing the light and it's starting normally, uh, I would leave those alone.
4: Okay. In transmission, I do have uh, an auxiliary filter on that that I've added. Uh, okay,
3: that's awesome. And you were
4: saying to change the transmission at two hundred or keep no, going with that? No, no,
3: no. I, I well, <laughs> obviously, whatever makes you comfortable. But I would service it, not replace <laughs> it. I would service it. I would make sure the fluids in good shape. I would change that filter that you added. You know, obviously the filter inside the pan is not lifetime. I I would also change that, too. Yep, yep. Um, we, we do offer a flush from our shop. Uh, believe it or not, the truck does the work, not the flush tool. So yep. a lot of people scared are scared by flush machines, but uh, that always does a great job and, and keeps your truck
2: on the road. Uh, so. Let me tell you what we do. We, we've got our customers on a two-stage kind of transmission service. The transmission is going to shed a lot of metal, and polish everything in the first 50,000 miles. So I want at the 50, I want to pull the pan. I want to look to see what kind of snap rings are in there, which is a bad idea. I want to see what kind of metal and clutch material, but we're skilled enough to say this is normal. So you do the four quarts, five quarts, six quarts, plus the pan gasket and the filter. Then at another 50,000, at the 100K, I want to flush it. I'm not concerned about the internal filter, and neither he should he, because he has two. He has the internal filter and an external filter. Right. So we, we vacillate back and forth between pan and filter and flush, back and forth, back and forth. Yep. The old idea about if you put new transmission in a, or new fluid in an old transmission, is going to cause it to fail. That's not true. It was in the 60s and the 70s when they were high-detergent oils, and people never changed it anyway. Right. So you got this black tar in there, and you put brand-new fluid in it, a tranny fluid, and it washes everything clean and plugs up all the valve body, and all of a sudden it doesn't work. So those are the issues. So that's kind of how we do it. It sounds like you do something similar to that. Yep. Okay. Yep. And and let me ask you a question. We looked at this. You're only doing 13,000 miles a year, Greg. Is this something like you're going to Pine Top, or you've got a girlfriend in Flagstaff, or anything like that?
4: <laughs> no, I'm actually in Communist California, but uh, I got the thing uh, in in 2005, with 120,000 miles on it. So I think a salesman owned it and drove 30 something thousand miles a year all on the highway. Okay. So I bought it then and then it's been a super maintenance project uh, for me. Another one's the electric fuel pump is original down on the the frame rail.
3: Unless you hear that making noise, leave it alone. Those Bosch fuel pumps are almost
2: bulletproof. And they're cooled and lubricated by the diesel fuel that comes through them. Yep. So that's a really great thing because the fuel the d- diesel fuel never gets hot so it's constantly bathed by cold lubricant a cold lubricant and, and that's and that's as good as you can get but the gasoline ones that sit in the tank are just like that they're cooled and lubricated by the gasoline that they're bathed in so Stric-
3: that- yeah strictlydiesel.com visit our website we've got some good fuel upgrades for that truck but, uh, oh, I,
4: I, oh, I got the ITP years ago.
3: Okay, awesome. So, you yes. know, I, I, Good. Got,
4: I got a bunch of that stuff. I got all kinds of upgrades without Perfect. going to hot injectors and chips because I don't want to destroy it. And, and my final question will be back to the Huey uh, system and how hard it is on the oil. I've got a bypass oil filter, that filtration solution, and yep. I do the drain of the high pressure oil pump reservoir. Uh, sometimes. I used to do it at every oil change. Is it worth it to also consider using synthetic oil if you're going to change it out at four to six thousand miles? Is there anything else you can do?
3: Synthetic oil is is always recommended in my mind at this point. Yeah, a lot of people worry about switching at that kind of mileage. Um, My kids drive a 7.3 truck and and one of those is running synthetic, so I I don't worry about it. It it, it, (laughs) It can only help, in my mind. It can only well, help. Well,
2: and I'll tell you, I'm I'm an oil expert for both for Vavoline. and it's important to understand that conventional oil, typically in a gasoline application, is five to seven thousand change. Semi synthetic is seven thousand. Well, actually, three to five is conventional. Five to seven and a half is the semi synthetic, and then seven and a half all the way to twelve, and sometimes fourteen. That's a synthetic. The synthetic turns to a tar at 500 degrees, and the other two turn to a tar between 350 and 400. So the synthetic has higher heat tolerance. The synthetic also flows out of the can or out of your engine at 60 below zero, and the other two don't have a chance in doing that. But then again, Arizona is not likely to run across 60 below. Here's the problem. It has nothing to do with the additive package. It has to do, it actually does have to do with the additive package. You, the oil can look fine, and the oil can be lubricating fine, but you 've lost the anti foam capabilities you 've lost the detergents, and the detergent doesn't um, it doesn't it doesn 't scrub bubbles it 's not scrubbing bubbles. What the detergent is is it holds the dirt in suspension, which Diesels make a lot of that carbon and dirt, and it holds it in suspension so the next time that gulp of oil goes through your filters and you had two then your filters are going to grab that piece of trash out of there. So a non-detergent oil that we use in our lawnmowers that don't have a filter, all the trash falls to the bottom of the crankcase and stays there. It's not held in suspension because there is no fuel or no oil pump. So in that case, I agree with you. I like the idea of a synthetic. The 540 is a synthetic, and that's the oil that I use in all my diesels. I go a little longer than you do. I go to 75, 8500, but I have the ability to have it tested that you don't. And you got a lot of engines out there that are going to create a lot more water. They're going to have blow-by. They're going to have some fuel contamination. And I'm just lucky enough to have, not have to deal with that yet. All right. Thank you very much for your call. we got open line 602 And we'll be back right after this.
11: There's no question you want the best education for your child. It's an integral part of a bright future. A private Christian school provides more one-on-one attention, the structured learning and Christ-based values you want for your child. But if you didn't think you could afford it, 960 The Patriot presents half off tuition now is your opportunity to enroll your child at a local private christian school for half off we've partnered with some of the top christian schools in the valley to offer a limited number of half off tuition vouchers imagine smaller class sizes better grades and inspiring christian environments where the achievements are positively outstanding For details and a complete list of schools involved, go to 960thepatriot.com. A values-based Christian education has never been more affordable. Click now and get your half-off tuition voucher before it's gone. Only one or two vouchers per school available. And if you don't see the school you're interested in, let us know and we can try to work with that school. That's 960thepatriot.com.
7: Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org.
1: Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up? Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays,
6: designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas? Wearing enough jewelry to acquire a bodyguard? Vacationing in the French Riviera and then buying it?
1: I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k?
6: You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it.
7: When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for
12: is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy.
6: Welcome
2: back everybody. Welcome back. All right, we got a problem, Houston. A small one. A small problem. Literally small. Small one, small one, okay. There's been quite a few callers to the radio station that said I misrepresented a millimeter earlier in the show okay I don't think I did but I want to tell you something I'm not going to go back through the tape and <laughs> see what the heck I said because it really doesn't make any difference let me tell you what I meant to say a millimeter is one millionth of a meter and a meter is 39 inches and some change long so the proper thing would be it's and and if I said it's one millionth of an inch, which I don't think I did, but I might have. And if I did, I'm sorry to all you engineers that called in. You know what an engineer is? What's an engineer? It's a guy that drives a, a, a locomotive. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, but I meant one millionth of a meter, and then I'm saying to people a meter's 39 inches long. Okay? You think we'll get any calls from engineers? You, you might get an email. Do, do you think I care? Um, engineers, they drive me crazy. They just, I, I like them. Person to person, I like them. Yeah. They just drive me crazy. I was up talking, I was up in Payson the other day, and one guy is complaining to the owner of a, of a quad shop that, that he, after they did the alignment, he had to do it over again. This guy probably weighs 280. And he's in a side-by-side. Yeah. So his buddy's an engineer. He announces it to the whole place. And he starts telling the shop owner. And I can't stand it. So I say to him, excuse me, did you align it with him in it? And he goes, no. And I said, well, it, 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 you have to. Look at the size of this guy. So, when you put him in the driver's seat, it throws the entire geometry out. So, if he's the driver, you need to align it with his butt in it. Right. So we can get caster, camber, and toe correctly. Because as soon as he sits in it, the camber is going to collapse. The top of the tires are going to come in because this guy weighs just shy of a Volkswagen. Right. So he goes, Oh, that's not true. And I said, Okay. I've done more alignments in my life than I've done more alignments in my life than you've done in the last. 25 years. You know, no matter what, you can't match me for alignments. Anyway, I know I'm going to get a lot of calls from the engineers, but I'm doing it tongue-in-cheek. I I just don't want you to marry my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Automatic Transmission Exchange is over on 40th Street in Washington. He's been there since 1968. Phil he's been there for such a long time that no matter who goes up down in Washington when I say 40th Street in Washington you're going to look and you're going to see and you're going to know he's been there a very long time so he doesn't change parts and he doesn't quote everything as a transmission he's better than that so if you need somebody to drive your car and you can create the symptoms maybe it's a vibration maybe it's shifting too early or shifting too late maybe it doesn't go into overdrive that's what they'll do for you for nothing so you call them up and say, can I stop by at 3 o'clock this afternoon, and I can demonstrate the problem. Will you take a ride with me? That's what Phil's all about. Automatic transmission exchange around since 1968. And who was the caller? Jeff, good morning to you. If you're going to chew on my backside about the millimeter, I want to apologize one more time.
6: No, I'm not. Okay. Um, I've got a, a 2004 diesel. It's got 550,000 miles on it. And I'm wondering if it's just finally going to die on me or if it's something that you can figure out. When I'm driving, I also lose the pedal. I'll be going 60 on the freeway or whatever, and I get nothing.
2: Okay. And I'll,
6: it'll be to the point where I'll have to start pulling over. But every time before I all the, pull all the way over, it kicks back in and I take off.
2: Okay. Now, you didn't tell me what brand it is, but, Nate, I bet it ain't a Ford at $550,000. All right, so I'm it's just a Dodge. guessing. I'm just it's, it's guessing. A Dodge. It's a okay. Dodge. okay, see, see, there see? we go. I, I, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I, I used to be a mind reader in my at the circus. I was a mind reader. Um, what do you think? Loses the pedal. I think it's throttled by wire. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think he's lost one of the two sensors. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I, okay. I, now I
6: took it in to one of your shops. Okay. And they changed the throttle body, and okay. it stopped it for about two weeks. And then it started doing it again, and then it got to the point where it was doing it a lot. So then I brought it back to them. They did it again at no charge. Okay. And th- it lasted again for about two to three weeks. Started doing it again. I left it at the shop for probably two or three weeks, and they couldn't figure it out because they said it doesn't happen. It happened to them.
2: Okay. I but understand. it doesn't keep doing it. Okay. Well, that happens in my industry all the time. Yeah. Um, it's time for them to punt. It's time for them to say, we can't handle this. But both of us are looking at, Nate and I are looking at one another, and here's the deal. I would first look to see if you have a throttle cable that goes from the accelerator pedal to the throttle blades, okay? Or the, in the, the pump in the portion of a, of a Dodge. Okay. It's, it's, so, yeah.
3: What? Oh, it's going to go to the Air? TP sensor, basically, on that truck. It's going to go to that. So, okay. Yeah.
2: So there's if you have a cable, then I'm wrong but if you don't have a cable then we have two sensors and the two sensors are at the throttle and the two sensors are at the the throttle position sensor so your foot throttle electronically opens up the RPM. Well here's the deal, those sensors have to be completely synchronized and for instance one of them goes from one to five and the other one goes from five to one I'm just making this up but it's true. So when you throttle up let's say 25%, the one that goes from 1 to 5 is going to be about 2. But the one that starts at 5 and comes down is going to be at about 3. But the computer can decipher all of that. When those two get out of whack, it takes your throttle away from you. So you no longer have a throttle. It's because it's throttled by wire, and they think something's wrong, and the throttle could be wide open, and we're going to take the throttle away from you. The computer is going to manually activate the throttle blades on a gasoline motor. It's going to manually activate that with an electric motor. So the computer controls the electric motor that controls the throttle blades, but the computer is constantly looking at the two sensors on the throttle and two sensors on the throttle blades, and those have to be synchronized. So it's time to get a fresh eye. Go. I've got a comment too. You may want to ask the shop if they've looked at
3: the connectors to these sensors that they've replaced. Uh, seen an awful lot of loose pins, Mm -hmm. worn-out wiring, uh, even bare wire, for that matter, at the sensor. So if there's any question of the connector, you you may want to see if they've done any wiring repairs. Uh, Also, for that model year, Dodge, we have seen quite a few ECM issues with intermittent weird complaints, throttle being one of them. So there's a couple things that could be going on with the truck still, for sure.
2: You know what we do on the connectors? We bend the connector away and we tape it to something else so we're putting different pressures on the pins. Right. Right. So if you tape it away instead of it coming straight into the connector, we're going to pull it over and we're going to U shape it, yep. tape it up. So if if the problem goes away, we've diagnosed it. Right. So that's like a thousand bucks right there. Yep. So so <laughs> <laughs> and so and so after now you leave it alone and you untape it and then Jeff says problem back. Right. We're there. Yep. We're done. Were yep. there, So uh, I, think, I think it's time for you to have a heart-to-heart conversation with them, and I think it's time for you to say, I need a, a, a fresh pair of eyes. And so um, I would like uh, to tell you that if I get this fixed and it has nothing to do with the throttle body, then I'd like to come back to you and we can decide what we're going to do about the, the misdiagnosis and, and what we can do about that that makes you feel good and me feel good, and that's how I'd handle it. That's how I would hope okay. my customer handled it, instead of walking in and start yelling and using bad words like my wife does, and <laughs> uh, and create all kinds of problems in the lobby. Well, the shop's
6: been great as far as taking care of it, you know, yeah. or at least trying to find it. I understand. Um, and then I've got one more question. Okay. So it's not concerning that vehicle, but I have three other vehicles that have the same problem. Okay. I have a 2003 Dodge Diesel with just over 100,000. Okay. I've got a 2005 Dodge Diesel with just over three hundred and fifty thousand okay and a two, another two thousand five with three hundred and eighty thousand okay, and all three of them air works great for the driver suck for the cost uh, for the passenger
3: low you, you got low free on level uh, I
6: just had one service too and okay. it came back that way
3: okay well, uh, compressors on these dodges the the higher miles they get, the worse off they are. You, whether it's the compressor or somewhere in that AC system, if, if you have uneven
2: register temps on your Dodge, you, you have low Freon level. And here's, here's what, uh, when they serviced it, um, the new technology is the electronic dipstick machines. So we suck out all your Freon, and it has 20 ounces. We clean it up, or remove the water in the metal. Then we look at the tag, and it's supposed to have 28 ounces. So we put your 20 back in, and we add 8 to it, and now the dipstick shows right on the full mark. We've never had that equipment before. So that's pretty expensive as well. Now, the service at my facility is 125 plus the adjustment on the Freon. So in his particular case, he'd pay for eight ounces of Freon, and he'd pay 125 The 125 includes all the labor, sucking and push, cleaning right. it up and pushing it back in and measuring it and all that other kind of stuff because it's an hour's worth of work. Yep. So if he just hung his gauges off the hood, he looked at the gauges, and he added or subtracted Freon, that is like Fred Flintstone used to do it and Mark Salem used to do it. <laughs> But today we just have far more sophisticated equipment, and that's something I would do because I agree with Nate. The possibility exists that you have a a freon level problem, and the first thing we got to do is get the freon level perfect, and then after that we can decide if there's a problem. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you very much. I got to talk about Air Park Auto. Air Park Auto is up at Scottsdale, and or actually on Hayden and Rain Tree, which is just south of Frank Lloyd Wright or Bell Road. Nadine, oh owns uh, Airpark Auto. Nadine and Stacy um, were married and they grew up with Renee and I with respect to growing up and building your auto repair shop. So we both went through that about the same time and it was was difficult because both of us were young. But Stacy passed away and Nadine's running the shop. There should be some comfort for ladies because she's going to be the one that makes some decisions And, of course, she's looking at it from a female perspective. Likewise, at my shop, my daughter, Andy, and my wife, Renee, are decision-makers, and I am when they let me. But the idea is, is that Air Park Auto has been around a very long time. They do a very good job. Nadine is a very fair person, and she will oftentimes lean on other experts to help her out. So i fielded one or two of her calls over the years. But it's not like she gets complaints every day of her life, and it's not like I talk to her once a year. So it's a good place to go, Air Park Auto. Nate, thanks very much for spending your Saturday with me. Thank you, Mark. That's I awesome. appreciate it. And uh, for those of you, Nate is at Strictly Diesel, and that's 23rd Avenue in Pinnacle Peak, just south and just east. And he's in a brand-new shop. We are a brand-new shop. And, yep. uh, and so they have a, a lot of new equipment and hoist and they do lots of maintenance, all the way from engine replacements to performance to no start and all the maintenance associated with diesels. You name it. And you name it, and Nate can take care of it. So, and he specializes in all of them: the Duramax, the Dodge, and the Ford. What, real quick? What is the relation? What's the percentage of the Ford versus the other two? Every week's different. Give me the straight answer.
3: It's serious? Every okay. week's different. Okay. This, this week we're heavy on Dodges.
2: Okay. Okay. Last year.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Last I, year, I'd have to run some numbers. I don't know.
2: Oh, I'm perfectly honest. You're a politician. You're, <laughs> I want to tell you something. We've made millions on that six liter. Yeah. I mean to tell you, and I, I imagine you did too. Uh, Ford's better with the six four, a little bit better the six seven. It looks like a home run. Yeah. But the six liter, um, it was just a, an opportunity to make a lot of money. We'll see you next week